This podcast is brought to you by First Steps NZ. We're about health and well-being for business. Where do business leaders begin when it comes to looking after their mental health? How they understand what the pressure and stress is doing to their body? Who to talk to about it and how they recover? All the while keeping their business going strong. Welcome to the Leadership and Mental Wellbeing Podcast with Michael Barnett and First Steps. Each week bringing you real and in-depth insight into the mental health of New Zealand's business leaders. Hi, I'm Michael Barnett and today I'm talking with Andrew Fregray from Two Degrees. And we're talking about working under pressure. Andrew, I think COVID um, over the last couple of years has created a real pressure point for business, but... Two degrees have gone through a period of change and a period of growth. How do you balance out a high workload and life demands? I think uh, COVID has made us all rethink that. I think initially during COVID, I probably didn't balance out the life workload. I was fortunate enough to be in a household who have older teenagers so they could look after the schooling side themselves. However, I was getting out of bed, going to the office, going back to bed, and, and that was that was about it. Um, one of the things that I realised to help me was to create some space. Um, so I started putting in little five-minute blocks where I'd literally walk around the block. Um, no music, no nothing, and walk around the block. Um, I did it just to get away from the computer at first, but what I started to realise, it was giving me some clarity in what I wanted to do next when I when I sat down. Um, and from that, I actually followed followed that on and we had a thing around Step September about health and well-being and making sure you get a life life balance and started getting up in the mornings uh, earlier um, and just changing my routine so that I did have space for myself um, to think. And one of the outcomes out of that is the more clarity you can provide to people during uncertain times, the better it is, even if you're not clear, saying saying you're not clear. But one of the things I did notice, to your point, is that whole blurredness of at home and work disappeared. There was just everyone was becoming working people and they didn't yeah. seem to have life. So we even went into setting up formal um, end of week drinks or coffees during the week just to chat. And, yeah. and you couldn't talk about work. Um, it was challenging. I like people interaction, and I didn't find doing it over Zoom or, or Teams it was very very stimulating um, at first. Tell me, um, in order to get things done, do you surround yourself with you know good people and then delegate? Um, and the other question would be, did you have to learn to say no so that your day didn't get full of too many things? I think the first um, thing I <coughs> learned and recognised that I needed to worry about what I could control in the first instance um, and get very clear in my own head what that meant. Um, so that then when I'm working with my team, and I am a believer of surround yourself with better people um, than yourselves, is that be really clear what they can control or what they can't control and help them do that. So we went back to a process of having a daily whip uh, process and saying that you could only have three number one priorities. Anything else that didn't fit in the top three didn't, didn't matter. And as simple as it, as it may sound, helping people have surety that it's okay just to focus on one or two things actually enabled them to be better at what they did and helped us to communicate better. When the pressure comes on you, how do you know? 
Um, I generally get a bit agitated. Um, I get a bit more wanting to control the situation. Um, I probably get time poor and engaging. I, I know where I want to go and wanting to rush to the answer and probably not giving the team enough time to find their own way to get, get a better outcome. Mm. Um, and one of the things, particularly during the last you know period, is that this has been new for everyone. And everyone is learning at different paces. And you referred to earlier at the start that we are going through a significant growth. We've been going through through a merger. Is remembering that you may have information that others don't. So don't assume that they are at the same place as you are and giving them the time to get there. And I know for myself, that's where I need to pull myself up is to give people the chance to get there. So when you're under pressure, a little bit of anxiety, a little you feel that pressure, um, so that's how you know. How do you respond? So I'm a believer of writing writing things down. Um, I generally find that sometimes, and I've had to catch myself up, I react too quickly. So just stopping and breathing. Um, generally, um, people wonder why you say something like that. Walking away from a computer is always a good thing, I've, I've found. Um, I particularly later on in, in the day and things when you're getting stressed and you're trying to get something done, it's very easy to be a keyboard warrior. It's very hard to be reflective. Um, so I've actually tried not to be as quick to respond to people and walk away for a moment and just let it sink through and think through things, a few options, because it's pretty hard to retract once you've sent something uh, via an email and no one understands the tone that you're writing it in. I like the idea of taking the breath. <clears throat> um, I think the... You know, too often we snap, and that should be, I think, one of the first signs when we know something's wrong. Yeah, I think even know that from home life as well. You know, it's generally when you're tired and grumpy after a long week of work, and one of the kids asks somebody quite simple and, and trivial, and you snap, it's a good reminder that maybe you should stop. That's how we know. How do you give your team, so talking about your team, how do you give your team um, a sense of purpose? How do you have them understand that they're actually achieving something out there? So again, having a documented plan that they actually participate in developing is critical so that everyone can get, get aligned on that plan and understand their role. So what I mean by that is from an overall purpose, you could take the two degrees um, one, which is making New Zealand a better place, very high level, but then bring it down. What does it mean for the team? What is it that we can contribute to that? So as that relates um, to me and my team, if we've come together as a new new organisation, and, and so what does that look like? I'm saying we're a software company now that's disrupting telecommunications, and to make New Zealand a better place, we should be trying to improve productivity that then ultimately would improve wages. So if you take it down to that level and simplify, people will either grasp it or they won't, or they'll challenge you and want to become curious, and I think the the best thing that I find is getting into a situation where people are curious and wanting to ask, ask questions and how it relates to them. I often say to, say to people, no one makes you get out of bed and come to work. That has to be your own choice. Yeah. And we're lucky enough to live in a great country, but don't come to work if you're not happy because I can't make you happy. I can give you purpose of why Two Degrees is doing things, but I can't actually be your purpose. So that's the sense of purpose. What about my sense of achievement? Yep. Um, is that just good communication, 
or sharing the winds out of the plan? How do you do that? I think it has to be one-on-one and then peer recognition and then even broader recognition across the whole organisation. Finding a mechanism to share those success and why they matter and taking the time to articulate it, why it matters. I think it's easy to send out a broadcast email because you can get to everyone, but then stopping every now and then when you're with that person and just saying, this is what this person's done to someone really, really matters to them. Um, one of the big conversations that we um, hear a word used often is resilience. So how do you build your own resilience? How do you create the behaviours that make you comfortable in the work that you're doing and the relationships that you have? I think it's um, one of those things that may come with maturity <laughs> and time, yeah. um, but also it comes back to, as I said earlier, um, for me personally, it's really focusing on what I can control, what I've got control on, and not get tied into what I don't control. For example, I don't control what everyone else thinks of me. I can control how I turn up and engage with people. And so whether or not five or six people think that's great and five or six think it don't, I can't control that. I can just control how I turn up. And so that's something you know that I've learned, and it's very, very hard, particularly when you're developing your career or working for yourself, mm. to be in a position where you feel comfortable enough with who you are in your own shoes. And I think broadening that out, what actually makes you whole? So for me, you know, personally, I choose to go to work, but the number one priority is my family. So my family come first. That's that's where I you know need to have the most resilience you know for them. Um, in the work workplace, again, just what is it you can control? For example, speaking to people and finding ways that people can connect. No one had control over COVID. I don't have control of what the government may or may not say this afternoon about what it's going to do about mask mandate, about immigration. But I can have a voice and an opinion on those things. And turning up and being consistent is probably the most important thing to being resilient. And one of the big things today is um, checking in on your team. How do you go about that? Um, I do it uh, weekly yep. or, or, or daily. And when you check in, I think the main thing is to be present. Like like all things, we've got lots <laughs> of things going on in our minds and finding a space to create some space in your thinking so when you are engaging with them, you're focusing on on them. One of the things with that is, for me personally, is getting my brain to stop. Um, when I ask a question, stop and actually listen and inquire more on what the answer is because generally I find you are wanting to go somewhere in that engagement with checking in, in the team or they may tell you something which triggers a thought for you and you may end up spending the next 15 minutes talking to them about your experience of that that thing. But giving them a space to do that. Um, personally, I like it face-to-face, but I've got a team across uh, New Zealand um, as well. So uh, in that weekly, a lot of that is over a video for them. But when they come to Auckland or I go into the regions, I'm making sure that I have a half an hour for them. Makes a really good point though, doesn't it? The question that you put um, to people how are you? Um, and it's so easy to say to somebody, how are you? You almost don't have to listen because they're probably going to say, I'm okay and we can all move on. So how do you make that question meaningful? I think thinking about the question and why you're saying it, I mean, there's the general, how are you? But there's a real deepness in 
how are you and and your tone and your actual engagement with the person. If if I walk into you and I'm walking past you in the in the street and go, how are you, Michael? You know that I'm just walking past. If I stopped and took a moment and and welcomed you into my space and said, how are you? And shook your hand and look, you you probably knew that I was actually asking you, how are you, you know, Michael? So thinking about how you ask the question and making sure there's genuine intent you know, behind, behind the question. I know from, you know, people at work have got a lot of pressures going on at the moment. And I personally believe there's COVID. People are exhausted. Um, we through, because of COVID and the merger have seen to be going through people change continually. So how do you actually give them the space to feel comfortable to actually tell you? And that's probably another critical thing is make sure you're in a trusting environment so they feel comfortable to tell you. If it's in an open planned office, and you're asking them how they are, they're probably not going to tell you exactly how they feel. Probably not. It takes me to my final question, though. What about you? Because um, I know in my environment I'm good at asking people, how are you, yeah. and sitting and listening, um, but how often do I say to me, how are you? Yeah. How, how good are you at that? How good are you at saying to Andrew, how good am I? How am I feeling? I think I'm pretty poor. I think one of the probably, as I mentioned earlier, one of the real realizations is how I feel is basically if I'm exercising, if I'm getting some some fresh air and creating some space to think. During COVID, it was all about everyone else and not about me or my family. And so taking some time out to recognize recognize that. Um, And then also to be open enough to share how you feel. Um, and it's still a learning process uh, for me. I think I'm probably very private about how I actually feel about things and just feeling comfortable enough to open up and express how you really are feeling with people not necessarily having to give you an answer, but just being in a safe environment again to voice and be able to work through what that looks like. Because um, we all have challenges every day, some bigger and some smaller, but finding an environment where you can do that, I think ultimately it will make me better and as one of my continual learnings. And just linked to that, my final point would be, if you do ask yourself, how am I? Yep. Who feeds you? Good good point. Um, I have probably um, multiple personalities in my, my brain that yep. feeds me. Um, I'm, I'm quite a big believer in self-affirmations about what I'm trying to do and how, how that um, feeds my brain and, and how, I, how I'm feeling. So, so it's probably my own thoughts feed me or the environment that, that's around me. I, I kind of um, believe I'm in a fortunate enough position I can start giving some things back to people now. So giving back feeds me. Um, feeling good, like and feeling good and, you know, things like that are interacting with people. I can't work on my own for a week. I, I go mad. I love bouncing off the positivity of people. Um, removing myself from people who always see the negative in things, not from the perspective of they're right or wrong. I just find that extremely draining when tomorrow is only something we can control, so let's control what we can, we can focus on. Um, but probably the, the, big, the big things, if I was going to break, break it down, um, sleep, really, really matters. So I'm quite consistent about about that. I have time, I just t- turn off. Um, although I work in a telecommunications company, I turn my phone off at night when I go to bed. And at the moment, just walking at quarter to six, you know, in the morning, every morning consistently, seeing the sunrise, go through the winter and things and that is 
probably what's driving me the most at the moment. It's great. Some very important thoughts from a business leader operating under pressure. Andrew, thanks for joining me. Andrew Fairgrave from Two Degrees. Thanks, Michael. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our weekly podcasts. And make sure to check out the firststeps.nz website for more tools, blogs, and resources. Business leaders, change the things you can. Thank you.